0: I'm Scott, and this is the Omega Sports Move More Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help share knowledge and motivate people to move more. We'll regularly discuss benefits of movement, address common questions on injury prevention and recovery, as well as celebrate uh, stories from fellow experts in athletics, medicine, and of course, physical therapy. I'm thrilled to partner with Omega Sports on this podcast. Omega Sports is proud to be your neighborhood sports store, helping local runners, run more, move more, and play more. With over 43 years in serving North Carolinians, you're always in good hands with their experts. And on this episode, we are going to dive into the world, a little bit of performance and recovery. Now, there's a whole bunch of things that we can talk about as far as performance and recovery and can be on this podcast for about seven to eight consecutive hours. Nobody really wants that. So for today, we're only going to talk about foam rollers, which are pretty popular, and these fancy, fancy massage guns that you see all the time on ads, and now in the gyms. We're going to dive into these worlds and find out the benefits, when to use them, why to use them, and we'll answer the question of, do you need your own? You might, you might not. And we'll talk about that at the end. We'll also kind of pick apart a little research as well. Let's break this down a little bit, guys. And for those of you who don't know me, uh, we have done one podcast before. This is number two. I am your host, Dr. Scott Jablanka, performance physical therapist representing the Charlotte, North Carolina area and on social media, better known as the Carolina Movement Doc. So go ahead, find me. I have a lot of good content out there now. I treat a lot of athletes, overhead athletes, specifically in the CrossFit gym, but I see a lot of runners, a lot of yogis. I call them yogis. Anybody who likes to do yoga, I treat a lot of them too. So it's not just harnessed in the CrossFit world. I treat anybody who moves. So that my my kind of claim to fame is movement. Move, move more. All right, motion is lotion. That's how I treat. So. I've been getting a lot of questions lately, and it's ironic that we chose this topic today because three or four people actually came up to me with their own foam rollers, and I'm, I'm looking at them. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Did you purchase this? They said, yeah. I'm like, all right, so you got your own, and it's awesome, all right? So we all know when we walk into the gym, either if it's one of these global gyms like Planet Fitness, we walk into CrossFit, if we walk into yoga... We know that one person that has everything and anything you can possibly have for performance or recovery. Even the novice person who's only been moving for about two weeks, maybe it's a resolutionist, they come in with a duffel bag and they got everything from foam rollers to guns to the crossballs to bands to their own red light therapy. That's a whole nother topic of conversation as far as red light therapy. But they got their own stuff and they got it, they're bringing it with them. They're almost in like a, a wagon, all right? We know this person. And if you're that person, I'm not making fun of you, kudos to you. It's important that you learn how to use these and why you use them. So we're going to dive into a lot of the why. And we'll look at a little, little bit of research as well. So there's a whole lot of research out there. Uh, and we'll pick apart a, a couple of articles out there, uh, both for and against, and we'll figure out the why together. Now, foam rollers. Let's talk about foam rollers first before we dive into the world of massage guns because that's kind of new and upcoming in uh, more recent developments. But the foam roller, it's been around for a while. So anybody who doesn't know what foam rollers are, some of you know what they look like, but you've never used them before. And then there's a plenty of people out there. And in fact, you know, side note, I actually did a recent presentation lecture almost at the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department in the training academy for the recruits as far as, uh, you know, fitness and, and movement and the, the continuum on the, on the very first podcast. It went very well. But the second half of that was more like a laboratory experience. In which case, I used uh, foam rollers and only foam rollers to hit the major mover muscles that they're going to experience when they go through a lot of their physical training. Uh, And you can tell there's a class of about 40. They were super welcoming, but they were very, very novice when it comes to the world of foam rolling where to do it, why to do it, how to do it. That's the key term is how do you do it? Do you just kind of aimlessly just flop over this thing? Or is there a purpose behind why you're purposely taking this roll and beating your body with it? That's kind of a layman term is beating your body with it. Okay. of so us that's all we do and that's okay because it makes us feel better. So these foam rolls, picture, if you will, a wooden dowel, almost like one of those dough rollers that you roll out pizza dough with. All right. Now cover that with foam you can call it styrofoam sometimes that's what it is and these foam rollers they come in different densities and now they come in different colors too because well we all love colors colors go a long way if it looks good i kind of want it and you know what I'm going to want it in every other color too. So I probably have five or six rollers. For me, I have one. It's black because black goes with everything. I don't really pay too much attention when it comes to colors. Uh, even my shirts, my apparel, a lot of them are black and white. Why? Because they go with everything. All right. But these foam rollers come in different densities now. Some are soft for those individuals that want the the benefits of the foam rolling, and some are more and more dense. Some are almost like rock solid too. It's really really hard. Popular brands nowadays: uh, Hyperice has their own foam rollers. Uh, Trigger Point. If we go to Rock Tape, I'm a huge fan of Rock. Uh, They're not paying me to say that, but these are the 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 companies that I believe in because they're movement companies too. So that's kind of what I preach. And when I try it out myself, I believe in their company. I believe in their product. These are great things to use, guys. So the different densities kind of produces a different goal is what you want to do. Uh, And nowadays, they even come with a vibration, which is nuts, right? So we're kind of combining the world of that massage gun and foam rolling at the same time. Uh, I digress, but let's move on to there. So foam rolling when do you do it? And why do you do it? So it's important that you understand why. Now, when it comes to, to rolling out, it's important to understand that we really can only affect the muscles that are on the superficial layer. So what do we mean by superficial? All right. Now, what do I mean by superficial is the most present layer, the ones that you can actually touch and feel. I call these the mirror muscles because when you're sitting in the mirror after you get out of the shower, These are the muscles that move the body, and usually when it comes to foam rolling or an external force, these are the muscles that we can affect the most. So when it comes to foam rolling, it's important to understand that we're really kind of affecting or trying to benefit the superficial mover muscles. We can't really get to the deep layers. There's a lot more pressure involved in that. So the biggest effort is going to be on the superficial muscles. So understand that for one two, it's important to understand that we can really affect the muscle fibers, but we are not doing a whole lot for what's called the fascia. Now, the fascia is kind of like that layering over the muscle. You got to understand that fascia takes about 2000 pounds of pressure to deform. So if anybody says, uh, oh, we're breaking up the fascial adhesions, we're stretching the fascia, they are full of it. No way. Look at the research. It says 2,000 pounds of pressure. Nobody in the world is that strong to do that. For instance, the IT band, okay? That's another kind of layer of tissue that cannot be stretched. I don't care what anybody says. So stretched all day long, you're really not doing as far as anything as, as deformation. But the foam rollers kind of help with some of the muscle belly and the muscle fibers as far as preparatory work and a little bit of recovery. We're going to dive into that as far as the, the research is concerned. Right? So those are the foam rollers. They come in different shapes and sizes. They are portable. Do I use them in daily practice? Yes, I do, I do. I don't use them for very long because it takes a lot of time. Some people can kind of sit there for 10, 15 minutes, kind of rolling out. Usually it's on the floor and that's okay, but I have better things to do with my time. So most of the time when clients come to see me, they kind of have a previous experience and they kind of know what to do and I set them up as far as what they can do to warm up before I finally get to them and our session starts. And usually it's only about five minutes of foam rolling before they're up and ready to go and that's how I incorporate it into my daily practice, especially my performance therapy. So I don't spend a whole lot of time foam rolling. I get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about these guns now, okay? I say guns, they're massage guns, percussion guns. There's a whole different brand out there. These kind of have come into fruition and come into the play about uh, you know the past few years, but there are so many more brands now. The biggest one is usually Hyperice or HyperVolt, and that's typically yeah the more expensive one. But now there's uh, there, there's Tim Tam, Therabody, TriggerPoint has one out there. That's the one that I use, and it's great because it just has one head. So, some of these have different heads to kind of decide which tissue you're trying to trying to target. So if you're hitting the form versus if you're hitting the quad. You can interchange these heads, and it can give you a different feeling. Now, these guns can kind of vibrate up. I digress, but it has different frequencies. Usually, they are pretty stinking loud, too. So, some attachments for the guns are a part of a jigsaw. So, they can be loud. So, sometimes I don't use that in the clinic because nobody really wants to walk into a clinic, hear a drill for the most part, and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay for therapy. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea, kind of like the dentist's office. No offense to dentists. All uh, right, But some of these are actually very quiet, and they have a quiet mode, and that's how they market themselves. So picture this handheld device. It's almost like a cylinder, if you will. All right, So picture this long cylinder, and attached to it is this vibrating head. Now, if you go, on to, if you go online, go on YouTube, you can see these slow-motion pictures of these guns in action. If you're wondering what it does, it sends these percussion almost waves over the superficial. Here you go again. There's that term, superficial part of the muscles. And you have these waves that kind of go along. And when you slow it down, you can see them in action. To the naked eye, you can't really see anything, but, man, you can feel it like crazy. So if you ever get a chance to use one of these guns, I would encourage you, you know, put it on a muscle that may not be so sore, maybe not be so damaged. So it can be a little bit sensitive, but they, are, they feel fantastic. So let's answer the question that I get all the time from people that have these foam rollers. They have these guns. They say, Doc, does this work? Does this work? And I say, well, you know, that's kind of a loaded question. Define work. What, is, what, what do you want to work? All right? What's your goal? Why do you have the foam roller? Why do you foam roll? And why do you want to take this gun to your body? All right? What's the reason for that? And that's what we have to decide as far as what works. There are certain objective measures that we can do, and some of the research will kind of dive into this too. But there are so many things that we can measure as far as yay or nay. This works. This helps with blood flow. This helps with flexibility. This helps with neuromodulation. Big fancy term out there for all the nerds out there. That's okay. You're welcome. Enjoy that one. But the big ticket item is what does it do and how does it work? So let's dive into the research a little bit, guys. Okay, These are a bunch of people that do a lot of number crunching, a lot of stats, a lot of data collection. This is the time that I don't have, and I'm glad that they do because they are very, very smart individuals, and they produce the research for which I base some of my treatment on. Because remember, research is part of the evidence-based practice. You hear this all the time, evidence-based practice. Keep in mind that Research articles and and randomized controlled trials, these are a third of the puzzle when it comes to evidence base. Remember, the other evidence is clinical expertise. That means the 12 years of stuff that I've been doing, all right, that's part of my evidence base, as well as patient response, preference, or expectations. It's also the evidence, okay? So keep that in mind. So anybody who bases all of their practice solely on research, sometimes they, they might be missing the puzzle, and that's okay. So if we can kind of combine these three worlds, that's the best. Let's combine this third of my world of research and dive a little bit into foam rolling. So in 2015, there's a study in the Journal of Athletic Training that looked at effects of DOMS, D-O-M-S, that delayed onset muscle soreness, all right? The effects of foam rolling on muscle soreness. And this typically is muscle soreness that presents itself sometimes immediately after, but usually 24 48, almost 72 hours after exercise, you feel this burning. And some people might decide, you know, might decide as pain, right? So if you do a lot of lunging or squatting, all right, your, your glutes or your butt, And your quads, your thighs might feel this, this pain every step, every time you go to move, it's oh, oh, that's DOMS. That is a normal response. Now, to a certain extent, sometimes it can get out of control. We can talk about uh, rhabdomyolysis. That's beside the point. But this study looked at the effects of what does foam rolling do to at least hopefully in our uh, hypothesis, minimize the effects of soreness. And what did they find? Well, they took eight healthy subjects uh, to, to form uh, 10 sets of 10 reps of a back squat at about 60% of their one rep max. So they loaded the barbell. They kind of deciphered what was their one rep max of their back squat, and then they knocked it down to 60%. They did 10 sets of 10 reps. That's a lot of reps. And then they followed up with either no foam rolling for the control group, because that's what it is, or the other group did about 20 minutes of foam rolling immediately after exercise, then 24 hours, and then 48 hours post Exercise. And what they found, even though this sample study was small, I know all those critics out there in stats, I get it. Okay. But they at least found a a statistical significance that says foam rolling was effective. It was effective at reducing delayed onset muscle soreness, at least in this study. And of course, just like every other study that goes on to say more research is needed. Well, of course, more research is needed. It's always needed. Eight healthy subjects is not really something that I'm going to put too much stock in, but at least the message and the measurement from this study suggests that. If I have a rigorous exercise, high intensity, maybe I have a long run. Maybe I go on a five-mile run after doing only about two or three, or maybe I have a heavy squat day, a little bit more than I'm really used to. I might get on the foam roller immediately after exercise, and then the next day, I might go through a nice little foam rolling exercise, and then the next day, and what I might find is my muscle soreness will not affect me as bad because remember, muscle soreness is kind of a form of pain. Pain knocks down strength. I don't want to feel pain because I want to always be strong. So if I'm feeling 48, 72, almost a week of soreness, I'm not going to be as strong. I'm not going to perform as well. I'm going to be unhappy. If I can minimize that by using a foam roll, all right, to the major muscle groups, at least the ones that I used on a regular basis, to minimize my soreness so I can get back on the saddle, get back on my long runs, and get back on my heavy squats, I'm probably going to use that. It's a relatively cheap and and not cheap, inexpensive. We'll call it inexpensive fix to help with my muscle soreness. And that's great, right? It's a big piece of foam, right? It's not really going to degrade. It's not going to lose battery. It's hard to lose. The thing is big. Let's put that in perspective and say, maybe this is something to consider, maybe something to invest in. They are not that expensive for it. It's not until you get to the vibrating foam rollers where the price kind of goes up. But right? you can spend 20, 30 minutes. And honestly, if you got just like a wooden dowel, wrap a towel around you got yourself a foam roller, okay? Homemade. MacGyver, that stuff. That's awesome. Good. There is another study. It's not really a study. It's a meta-analysis. And this is great because meta-analysis, uh, if you understand stats, this studies a Bunch of different studies. And it takes all the information from these studies and it combines them into a kind of one conclusion. You know, where does all this research kind of lay with us? Where does it leave us? So this study pulled in a whole bunch. 21 total studies were examined. That's that's a lot. So kudos to these guys reading 21 studies, kind of crunching the numbers and putting it all together. And it tells us that pre-rolling seemed to be effective for short-term improvements. In flexibility so pre-rolling means foam rolling before you exercise good so pre-rolling helps with flexibility awesome good so there's a benefit to doing this even beforehand so the first study that talked about those eight studies was foam rolling afterwards it can help reduce soreness this one says before we can roll beforehand and it can help with our flexibility awesome remember flexibility describes a muscle not a joint okay so if you foam roll our muscles, it might help with that tissue extensibility so we can kind of get up and prepare. So for our runners, our big ticket items are our calves, our quads, our glutes, and our hamstrings, right? You can get to the lower back too, and there's some there's some uh, value behind that. But if you're crunched on time, those are the big areas, calves, quads, glutes, hamstrings, all right? Get on those. It might help with a little flexibility, and it, you might have a case for some injury prevention. Sure, okay? But this study says pre-rolling helps with the flexibility. Awesome. Also, they go on to say that athletes feel less pain after pre-rolling. And this alone, just the fact that the athletes feel less pain might justify its use on a regular basis. Even if it has no objective measures and no physiological change that they can actually see, touch, and feel. If the athletes feel less pain, that neuromodulation, that's that fancy term I talked about. If they feel less pain, they're going to perform better. So if I can take a $30 piece of foam, foam roll and I feel less pain, perhaps this is something to consider. And I think that's a good idea. So does foam rolling work? Well, these two studies say that, yeah, it actually works before and after, albeit the effects might be short-term. Fine. I'm okay with short-term effects as long as it helps me perform and it helps me recover. I hope everybody is on the same page there. Good. All right. So that kind of covers a little bit of the foam rolling, All right? We'll touch upon uh, how I use them down the road here let's change topics a little bit and dive into massage guns. Now, these guys are the more expensive tools. Do I recommend getting your own? Man, that's a loaded question. If you got $400 to spend to spare and you want to get yourself a massage gun, you better be using this thing every stinking day. That's $400. If not, usually your gyms have their own uh, I plan to get my own and more or less lease them out or at least make them available to the, the to the gym members so they can use that. Because let's face it, you, you're only using it for about five or 10 minutes. So if you can justify paying $400 for it, go for it. all right There are cheaper brands out there, less expensive, so go for it. But the vibration alone also feels pretty good. So if we take this other study that says athletes feel less pain after pre-rolling, if I feel less pain after a percussion gun or a massage gun, Perhaps that might justify me using it, and it may justify me having it on a regular basis. Now, our elite athletes, you can be darn sure that they have one. In fact, I believe, no quote me on this, uh, from what I remember, watching the Super Bowl, which a little that I did watch, the I think the Kansas City Chiefs are one of those teams had an entire case full of these Hypervolt guns or, or Thera guns is one or the other. Either way, it was massage guns. And it was about 50 of them, and it came in this, this almost like army wagon that they pulled behind them. There was all pre-charged, ready to go. So when they come off the field, when the offense comes off, defense goes on, offense gets on their guns. They start getting on those major muscles. Perhaps there's some research behind that, and perhaps there's some value behind that. So if the elite athletes believe in this, and the elite athletes use this, it can have that trickle-down effect to us novice athletes who want to be elite. Because let's remember, movement differs in degree, not kind, All right? We're all doing the same thing, just a different intensity. So they just might be doing it with more power uh, than me. Definitely more power than me, actually. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I'm not the strongest guy in the world. I'm surprisingly average, is what I call it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I got a good average, All right. So the vibration studies in 2020, it's a recent one. A study in the Journal of uh, a Sports Science and Medicine looked at Massage guns effects on the plantar flexor muscle range of motion and performance. Plantar flexor. We're talking about the calf. So when I talk about my runners, uh, the the calves are a big ticket item as far as how to kind of treat the lower leg. This looked at exactly that. The effects of the plantar flexor muscles on performance, which is great. Here's the thing. This study, contrary to what people think the massage guns do, determined that it did not help with maximum voluntary contraction which means it didn't really help with force production of your muscles. So it does not make you stronger. Shocker, shocker, shocker. An external device does not make you stronger. Okay, that holds true throughout many, many studies. And that's okay. And then when you stop and think about it, you know, what does vibration really do? It can excite, but it doesn't help with your maximum voluntary contraction. However, it did go on to say that Just five minutes of percussion therapy helped with dorsiflexion, where that movement is the same as taking your foot and letting it off the gas pedal. So, bringing that toe up toward your nose, that's what's called dorsiflexion of your ankle joint. And what stops that motion is tightness or stiffness in the calf. So, when we massage or we percussion gun that calf, this study tells us that just a little bit of that can help with that flexibility and increase that range of motion. Now, why is that important? Well, dorsiflexion is a key component to running. For all my runners out there, and even uh, my movement specialists who don't run but understand running, we know that there, there's heel strikers and mid-foot strikers, and there's forefoot strikers. However, anytime the foot hits the ground and the body moves over that fixed foot, that ankle goes through dorsiflexion. For my movement specialists, we call that closed chain. Right, Anytime the foot's on the ground, closed chain. The foot's off the ground, open chain. So It goes through a closed chain dorsiflexion motion, in which case we have a lot of eccentric contraction of the calf. And eccentrics are usually when injuries happen the most. Now, let's take this study and say, well, if I percussion gun my calf, I can help with the flexibility. So if I feel less stiff or if I quote quote, am less stiff based on this study, then perhaps my flexibility will help prevent some sort of calf strain, uh, plantar flexor strain, plantar fasciitis, fallen arches when you talk about posterior tibial tendonitis. That's a fancy term I'm pretty sure all my runners have uh, I've understood and sometimes probably haven't even experienced. So this tells us that we can actually influence our range of motion based on muscle flexibility. That's great. Awesome. That's a good trade off, especially if I know I'm going on a long run or if I'm doing a lot of jumping in the gym. So if I have a lot of box jumps uh, and even pistol squats, which require a lot of dorsal flexion squatting, where our ankles are our biggest limiting factors for all of us out there. So all you CrossFit coaches that might be listening to this, anybody who squats, the ankle usually is the first place that we look as far as how does our squat look so bad. Let's start with the ankle. How much motion do you have there? If it's a limited flexibility, perhaps a little bit of percussion gun to the calves might be, might be something that to consider for each athlete before they get to these, some of these high rep, high load squats. Food for thought, guys. All right. Now, which is best? I always get this this question, you know. Hey, doc, you know, you know, what's the best thing? Everybody's always looking for what's the best. They want that magic pill, that, that little piece of advice that tells them, hey, you know, I talked to the doc. He says, uh, this is that. This is the one to buy. You know, loaded question, guys. Loaded question. What is the best? Well, as far as recovery tools, if we're going to compare foam rollers and massage guns, I would probably put more stock into the foam roller. Here's why. Uh, cost, for one thing. Uh, You can build your own foam roller. So even if you lose one, you can even foam roll it to to an extent using anything that's solid, like a kettlebell, like a barbell, uh, like a stick, you know, break off a branch. Okay. Your body doesn't really know the difference all that much between, you know, what's pressure from a foam and what's pressure from a piece of wood. It really doesn't know, but it does respond to pressure and it does respond to a stimulus. So I would say probably the foam roller will probably be the best. Uh, as far as pre and post rolling, because it's going to help reduce some of the doms. It's going to increase a little bit of flexibility beforehand. And it is super simple to do. It does not take much time. And even when I did this lecture at the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Academy for the recruits, uh, we only did about 30 seconds to a minute per muscle group. Then I had them stand up in a squat again. And every one of them raised their hand when I asked him, do you feel more loose in the squat or do you feel the same? They said more loose, if that's a term, you know, I should elevate my diction, but you know what I mean? they feel better when they squat after they did about 4 or 5 minutes of foam rolling specifically to lower back, glutes, quads, hamstrings and calves. 5 minutes total, they just felt better. And remember back to that study guys, if you feel better, if you feel less pain, you move better, you perform better. Awesome. Move more without pain. How about them apples, right? It kind of goes with uh, Omega Sports mantra, it goes with my mantra as far as move more, play more, do it without pain. When you're not you're not feeling so much pain, you're going to do stuff better. You're going to run longer. You're going to squat heavier. And your work capacity is going to increase because nothing is holding you back. Pain is the worst thing to happen to the human body. If you can knock that down, your performance exponentially goes up. So I'll probably put more stock in the foam rollers. Now, do I have my own massage gun? Yeah, I do. Full disclosure, guys, anything that I speak on, I usually try out myself personally. I'm my own guinea pig. I am subject number one. If I don't think it works, I don't use it, and I don't recommend it. So if I do something, and I give it a good old try, and I I really kind of do it by the book, and if I don't feel like it benefits me in a way uh, when I do my cost-benefit analysis, does it work? Does it really help me? Do I feel better? Does it really help me perform the way I want to? If the answer is no, I toss it out. I don't even use it. I don't even bother with it, and I don't recommend it. All right. Now, some clinicians might use it, and that's okay as long as the rationale is okay. And if it's making you feel better, rock on. But this is my own personal experience. I use my gun usually uh, beforehand. If I look at a workout, which CrossFit is my world, if I look at a workout and I know there's a lot of lunges or if there's a lot of jumping, so double unders, in which case the rope passes under your foot uh, twice with each jump, it's tough on the calves. So I'm going to get the gun. I'm going to get on my calves for about two to three minutes before I do any type of passive or any type of active warmup that tends to make my calves feel better. It gives me a little bit more confidence. So every time I go to the double unders, I don't have to worry about, is my calf going to strain? Is it going to seize up? Answer is no. Usually no. Actually, 100% of the time is no. I haven't had a strain in years. It's been great. So I do carry one with me. I do have one in the clinic and I do use it on a regular basis. Sometimes I'll even do it uh, after I do some sort of really heavy program for some of my, my clients in the gym too. So if it's a lot of quad dominant stuff to help with some of the knee pain. Then I'll probably get the gun on them for about two or three minutes after, which is gonna flush everything out too. So there's some stock behind that. I don't really preach that you need to get one on your own. I would definitely say a foam roller is gonna be your best bet in that case, guys. Okay? That is my food for thought as far as foam rolling uh, and massage guns. I hope you found this at least a little bit interesting. I hope you found the research, uh, maybe not eye opening, but it gives you some value behind why we do what we do. Remember, when you do something for your body, if it's passive, you need to follow it up with something active. So if you're going to foam roll, make sure your warm up is on point. If you're going to gun yourself down as far as these massage guns, make sure you're doing something active to get the blood flowing and you're warming up the right muscle groups. Remember, passive treatments don't do a whole lot for us. We need to do some active treatments and active recovery. So remember, these are just tools. They are not the gold standard. They are not magic pills. They are Tools, and even when you look it up, massage tools, recovery tools are just a little piece of the puzzle when it comes to our movement picture. Understand that, guys. Okay. If I can get, if I can kind of have one thing for you to understand, these are just a small picture of the small piece of the biggest picture when it comes to movement. All right. There are so many other kind of recovery tools out there, and I'm sure we're going to dive into that uh, down the road with some other podcasts, but these are just two of the major topics one old, one new. And I hope you found this pretty, at least fairly interesting. And I gave you a little bit of, more of my own personal experience as far as these two. So usually if I'm going to speak on it, I've already done it. If I don't know something, I'm not going to talk about it. Because if you don't know something, don't, don't say a word. That's what a wise man once told me, guys. Okay. Remember that these topics, these points, all this opinion, all this information is based solely on me, Dr. Scott Blanca, performance physical therapist, better known in the social media world as the Carolina movement doc. These are not the opinions of Omega Sports. These are mine and mine only. This is based on 12 years of doing all this stuff, analyzing movement, assessing, treating, reassessing, enhancing performance. That's what I do. So this is 12 years of this. This is my experience and I'm always, always learning. So if you have anything that you want me to talk about or learn, reach out, talk to me, find me, On Facebook, find me on Instagram. I answer all the messages, all the DMs. Uh, I love to learn, I love to meet new people. So get at me, guys. Get at me, guys. And this podcast, you can find it on on Spotify, all your podcast worlds. So go ahead, like us, share us, hit us up, and let us know if there's any other topic that you want us to talk about. Otherwise, I am Dr. Scott Jablanka, physical therapist here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Signing out. I can't wait to talk about some more stuff with you guys keep posting in. I'm posting it. What am I talking about? Keep tuning in to this podcast. There's plenty more to come. We're going to be releasing these uh, periodically throughout this entire year. I hope you're as excited about this as I am. I hope you're at least entertained because I know I am. I love talking about this stuff. I love movement. I love human performance. And I can't wait to meet a bunch of you to do the same, guys. Scott signing out.